This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, my friend Karen. Hello, Chris. I just, the second as you started talking, took a sip of my drink, which is my least favorite sound to hear when I'm listening to people on podcasts or the YouTube horoscope tarot card reader who always drinks her tea. Right. And I literally want to scream and run out of the room. And I just did it myself. It's okay. We we have to be scared of accidental ASMR that we're doing on here. Because let us not forget of the muffin episode where, <laughs> or do, donuts. We had a whole box of donuts and a lot of hate mail. No one wants we've to hear eaten, smacking. We've eaten and we've drank in Starbucks on the mic so many times yeah. when we were in the car. As if... Nothing mattered in the world. This was pre-pandemic. Just smacking pre- and slurping like we're we're doing fully work for a makeout Ugh. scene in a <laughs> in a teen horror film. In a teen eating disorder after school special. <laughs> a very, kind of what it was. A very like. special after school special. <laughs> a very special rice krispies advertised. I was eating the rice the rice crispy bar. Remember that one? That's what made that one guy oh, really mad. Oh yeah, because there's the yeah. crunching and the snapping and the crackling, yes. as well <laughs> as the much. slurping. <laughs> um, we, I, it's funny. I realized this weekend I had a couple fun gigs where there was a car sent, uh, and a car, a sent dri- to your house? like a or driver, a, a professional. Oh where they're holding up my name. I'm not bragging. It's just very rare that I'm not Ubering. And I realized it's funny because we have a podcast where we talk while driving. That is really something I've discovered I do not want out of a driver. From here on out, I want a someone that might be, it's just a cover for them being a hitman. I want a silent, stoic, brooding Handsome. I don't know why they have to be. Hand- I just thinking of <laughs> Ryan to. Gosling. Because this the- is showbiz, baby. Yeah, yeah. I because uh, I had two drivers. One, one, this this woman in Cleveland. Uh, she was really sweet, and then just started talking about Obama and that uh, his middle name's Hussein. And then the next driver, also a kind man, until we started talking about uh, COVID, and he was saying it was not a. He'd done his own research. Uh, it's not a, mm. it's not a virus. I'm just like, can we just, and I got mad. I like yelled at them and felt Both? bad. 
it became a yelling thing. Well, like, I... It's supposed to become a yelling thing because both of those times they were bringing up topics that Fox News has taught them. Here's how you can fight with liberals. Yeah, yeah. They, essentially. I just think that not everyone should have uh, the internet. That's all. That's all. I just wanted to Well, how that. about the fact that you can do your own research until the end of time, but you're, you never got your doctorate. Like, hey, take your research and test it out at the local medical school that you can't get into. Well, How about that? According to this second driver, a lot of the scientists that he looks up to have been murdered because they know, <laughs> they know it's not a virus. They've been killed. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> did you just walk up to anybody holding a white piece of paper and your name wasn't even on it? It was just a a crazy person you got into the car with? He was dressed nice. Uh, there was no leaves in his hair. He didn't have a wild eye. He was a professional driver <laughs> with a lot of personal opinions. And that, I'm just glad it's over. I, from now it on. It sucks. Yeah. It's it, hard enough. Yeah. It's bad enough when they have bad cologne on. Yeah. <laughs> remember that. We're, Wait, remember the time? There was a time where uh, there was a driver that came and picked me up. God, I wish I could remember. Anyway... Because this was a while ago, and he talked the whole time. I had to listen to some of his original music. Oh. On and on. And then I, as I was wont to do in like 2015 or whenever it was, tweeted about it, like as it was happening, where I was like, so if I end up in a ditch, I just wanted to tell people or whatever. He responded to the tweet. Oh, no. When I got off the plane oh, on the God. other end of where I, I was going. I thought you meant while you were driving, because that's from a no, horror he, movie. <laughs> that would have been way worse. That would have been way worse. But yeah, it was really, that was very upsetting where I was just oh. like, oh, oh no, you, and you follow me on Twitter? That's insane. I'm I'm sure, I know what you're getting at. I don't think they these two people listen to our podcast, but maybe, maybe they. But I mean what I say, and I'm not going back on my uh, snapping no, no. at them. You don't have to. Uh, although you are giving them what they want by snapping at them, but I, it's they also have you trapped and they're telling you, basically they're saying, I will believe anything that passes my face. Yeah. It just it made it, ju- it made it complicated because I'm not kidding. They were both sweet people. I, right. You know, they're, people can be both. Uh, but speaking of sweet people, God, I'm getting real good at these intro segues, Karen. Says who? Your driver? Me right now to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just saying the same word twice doesn't yeah. mean... <laughs> it's just it's, kidding, just kidding. It's, uh, Karen, do you want to... She plays clubs and colleges <laughs> no, all over this so. fine <laughs> country that, thank God, is no longer being led by a person whose middle name also sounds a little bit ethnic, God forbid. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mary Holland. Hi. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yay. Oh, wow. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. In this you. car. Thank you. Yes. Let's <laughs> it's continue. a nice car. <laughs> right? Uh-oh. Look yeah. up ahead, Karen. There's a yield sign. <laughs> if you could just play along, Mary, we do a lot. Yeah, of- no. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun. All the different signs, and that's so fun. I love when it. you drive reading <laughs> when you signs. Drive. Yeah, reading signs. It's so fun. Yeah, it's the best part. Most of our podcast was reading signs aloud. People loved it, and we'll I'm, get back I'm, to it soon. <laughs> soon. I'm very but. impressed though that you could uh, 
maintain? Did you ever find that the driving was, uh, it was hard to maintain like a through line of thought or conversation? Like I, I find it so hard to drive and talk. Yeah. I found yeah. it very hard. And we discovered early on that, that Karen's able to multitask in that way. And I right. think, <laughs> uh, in my experience, a lot of women in my life are able to do a bunch of things at once. If I try and talk and drive at the same time, we, I just felt like I was going to make us crash and Karen doesn't have that. She's got well, it. Also, Chris, Chris was for a long time our sound man. Mm. Um, and we were completely guessing at how to run the Zoom recorder and get yeah. good sound. So there was... There were many episodes that you can go back and listen to where Chris loses faith, uh, kind of like around, <laughs> usually the 25-minute yeah. mark, that great, it, usually on the heels of something really funny yeah. or great happening with our guest. And then Chris was positive it wasn't recording. And, oh, and then he would— that it was it was a lot of responsibility yeah, yeah. Um, for just everyone in the car I oh think. for everyone yes and the I, pressure's on yeah the, <laughs> the the episode that we always bring up is that the first time we had Tig on who, who's married to Stephanie your your yes yes true yeah. I I want to say troop partner is the word troop <laughs> yeah my my troop my troop mate is troop. what we like to refer to each other troop. as troop with an e at the end with an umlaut over it. Wild Horses, one of the great improv groups. And also, wait, did you guys do a podcast or just a live show? We did do a podcast. We we recorded, we did do some um, episodes in the studio and then recorded some live shows as well. So uh, there there are podcast versions. Was the podcast, that's great. Was the podcast non-live version scenes or were you just having conversations? We did do scenes. We I did like do it. improv scenes. Mm-hmm. Like oh yes, it. Mm-hmm. we yeah, you got to cap it with a nice improv scene because you got to. That's how you work through, you know, what you just talked about and how you process it creatively. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you're all sharing one brain. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what happened in the in the car ride with Tig? Oh, it, it was an um, our most emotional episode. Oh, okay. Uh, we yeah. all cried. We talked yeah. about death. We uh Tig described her wedding uh with Stephanie and people blocking uh, off the freeway in Mississippi when they were concerned about two women getting married. It was just really important. Everything wow. we talked it was such a good episode. I'm never going to so let good. it go. And I realized halfway through that something was wrong. I think the card was maybe sticking out too much. It recorded something, oh. but it sounded underwater. I'm admitting, admitting now to Karen that I knew something was up. No, what are you supposed to do though? We're ha- like a half an hour in. It no, what do you do? Can, what do you do? I have a what fun game. Let's go back to 30 minutes and see which one of us can remember what we already talked about as a <laughs> yeah. game. It's a fun no. game. This uh, sounds not that yeah. fun of a game. Yeah, gone. <laughs> if you're being honest, it's actually not that fun of a game. It's not that fun no. of a game, Mary. I've been <laughs> watching. Uh, you're in a lot of very funny move. I'm a comic, but I don't watch a lot of comedic stuff. I watch a lot of crime and dramas, and right? Yeah, action movies for dads from the '80s. But all the, cool. the the you stole most scenes in Robbie. If if people haven't seen Robbie, uh, it's a Comedy Central uh, joint with 
Rory Scovel, Mary's so funny in that. The oh, thanks, Golden Chris. Arm, the arm wrestling movie, I loved so much. <laughs> oh my God. And I loved that. it. And uh, yeah, this is before I'm like, who is that? Per- She's great and everything. And then the, the holiday Thank movie. You. The, the, what what that's called? Happiest, the happiest, <laughs> happiest of season. seasons. Happiest season. The happiest season. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah. to call it happiest of seasons, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you actually you're not Mary. You're not just in, but you co-wrote it with Clea Duvall, who right. I believe directed it. Is that right? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, she directed it. Yeah. 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 You're really funny at that. The end scene. Everyone should just watch the things I mentioned. Just go to Mary's <laughs> IMDb. This is usually a really closing pay- statement. Pick any of it. Any of it. Anything. Just scroll and anything. Yeah, and slam your finger down on your screen like you're spinning a globe on a mystery vacation. (laughs) Click on the Voodoo Xerox printer and you'll it's a treat. A great, it's a wonderful sketch for funny or die about a a, um, printer that comes to life. (laughs) So it's really anything. It's a choose your own adventure and you're gonna have a great time. Mary stands behind every single thing that is listed on her IMDb. Yeah, is there anything on that list that you you want people to steer away from? (laughs) Oh my gosh. What's the the worst thing you've ever done? (laughs) (laughs) In entertainment or morally? Oh, morally. Oh my gosh. Ooh, how much time (laughs) do you have? Let's get into it. List all your sins. I list all your sins. Um... (laughs) I, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think if there's, oh, well, you know what, that act, that is very funny you bring that up because the, the very first thing I ever shot in my whole life was the worst thing I've ever done in my whole life. And there's a very funny story around it. I've, uh, the worst, um, yeah, acting I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I've done so many more worse things like <laughs> in real life. Um, but <laughs> it was for, it was when I first moved to LA and USC, you know, they have the um, their film department and everything. And there is uh, a, I don't know if they still do this, but at the time, part of the program there in the director um, program is they would, an assignment from their class would be to reshoot a famous scene from cinema history. So right. like the breakup scene from Goodwill Hunting or, you know. Um, yeah, that, that's the only thing I can think of. No, that's <laughs> one that's used all the time. Yeah. It's used all the time. But, and the director had to like cast it and then re like shoot it the way they would. Um, and so I got an audition on, on LA casting for us. They were reshooting a scene from, um, fried green tomatoes. <laughs> and I was like, well, I gotta do that. And so I auditioned <laughs> for it. I auditioned for both roles. And it was, it's like, uh, not just, well, I guess this movie's very old at this point. I was going to say, I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know Uh, (laughs) about fried green tomatoes at this point, that's on you. That's on you. And that is on you. Um, But it's the scene at the end of the movie. It basically is a death scene. And it's this story, you know, it's between these two uh, women who... um, you know, have such a a deep relationship with each other and is a very dramatic scene. And I was like, I was fresh from theater school. So I was in my feelings. I was, (laughs) I was, oh, I was doing like uh, um, emotional preparation. And I was like, 
doing movement work and all this, all this stuff <laughs> that I had learned to do from theater school in preparation for this scene. So I auditioned and I, I, I got cast as the, um, and now I can't remember the character's name, the, um, not, Which not act? Mary Louise Parker, but the Mary, it's also a three. Namer. Yes, that's yeah. what, it's Mary, and not Mary Stewart Masterson. Yes, <laughs> it is. Maybe it, yes, is. it is Mary Stewart Masterson. Mary Stewart Masterson. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah, so um, her character is, is who I got cast as. And on the day of shooting the scene, we shot all of uh, the other actresses' coverage first. I didn't know anything about coverage or anything. And I was just, ooh, I was giving it <laughs> every take I could. Yeah. I was giving it. I was just serving up just. Um, way too much emotion. And then, and so by the time like it turned around and it was on me, I was completely exhausted and I was wrenching feelings from myself, which (laughs) is is so fun to watch. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I I like, oh my gosh, I worked myself up up into a frenzy trying to like get there, you know? And, um, then at one point we, we were like, uh, it was in between takes and the boom operator leaned over to me and he was like, I just want to say the your performance is really beautiful. It's really amazing work and um, just really inspired by you. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> like, I was like, yes, yes. I, I'm so impactful as a performer. Um, uh, so that, that sh- short that she finished editing it and everything. And then she took us out to dinner, the director, and she's, she was like telling us about the shoot. And she was like, oh, that shoot was such a nightmare. And we were both like, oh, really? Why? And she was like, well, the boom operator was wasted. And <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he was being emotional because he was drunk. I love it. <laughs> he was wasted. And I just um, want to add to that and say, I love you. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Wow, wow. That is so nice. That is so Cute. nice. Um, but anyway, I feel like, I, I mean, the director and the other actors did a great job, but I was real rough stuff in there. So <laughs> steer away from that if you come across it on Vimeo or wherever. <laughs> yeah. just uh, yeah. Or give it a thumbs up for effort. Because you know oh, what? That's the nice. thing about acting. It's like, sure, being convincing is one thing, but what about just plain old effort? Yeah, exactly. An effortful performance. Yes, and we don't we don't recognize that enough. Like there, there's right. there's actually not enough awards for effort, and right. um, there really should be. If you're breaking a sweat, yeah, oh, I was sweating. I was <laughs> crapping my pants trying to <laughs> trying to cry. So it was great. Yeah, it's, it's very. Um, the difference between, like, because I, I studied theater in college when I went for the year and a half before I got kicked out for not going to any other class. <laughs> but I really like live performance. But yeah. coming to L.A. And, and just kind of being like, oh, I'll go on some auditions, having no experience or any. I never took a cold reading class. I never took a scene class. I never took a, like, acting for TV class. Right. I had no fucking clue <laughs> about anything. And it took me so long to realize. It's like, I think I like the live immediate experience of, you know, either you're failing or you're succeeding and it's all happening right there. Right. I really don't like acting at all. And I tried to do it for so long. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know if I'm even good and I definitely don't like it, which would 
affect whether or not I'm good. Yes. Like, it's just, the whole thing is just a bit of a, like, it's so strange to, it took me, you know, maybe 15 years to be like, yeah, I don't know if I actually even like that. I just signed up for it, kind of. Wow, yeah. That's yeah. funny to hear you say, because you're good in things, Karen. Are you someone, maybe you're like me, where you're like, I don't enjoy it while it's happening. I enjoy it when it's done. Like, but during, it's work. It's like not, it's stressful and it's work and it's exhausting. And it's also like, I just think that, you know, the reason like some people are good at it is because they are built to go, of course you want to watch me do this. Right. But I have like about seven problems just to get to the point where I'm (laughs) like, well, I'm going to do something, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's good. And I certainly don't believe in it. But here, I'll do the (laughs) thing you asked me to do. Yeah, (laughs) It's like- there's so many, yeah. you know, when you watch a beautiful performance, to me, I'm. it took me forever to realize like about 80% of it is the confidence of that, that person funny? knowing you want to watch me do this. Like right. Brad Pitt knows you want to look at his face no matter what he's doing with that fly fishing yeah. and a river runs third or whatever. He's like, you're going to love this. Join yeah. me. Oh, and he's right on the money, isn't he? <laughs> he's I, right. I, oh my God. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. And I'll third that. And you know, yeah, <laughs> got to. I uh, got yeah. to. <laughs> and I'm someone, yeah, when I'm act, even no matter how much experience I get, the mantra in my head while I'm acting is, do I belong here? <laughs> I'm not sure I belong here. It's a, it's a real <laughs> it's minus. I think over. it's like a, I think it's a stand up comic thing where like it serves us as comics to judge ourselves because you have to be ready for a worst case scenario. Right. But I think it really doesn't serve you. As a as an actor, yeah. as a camera actor, right? To be like, have that look in your eye of like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I man. feel like that's what I always look like. Is just like, mm, I'm not buying it. I don't know why you would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ma'am, you're in the middle of a line. You can't. <laughs> oh, I'm so, was that out loud? I'm sorry. sorry. That was... What I meant was, can here's your change, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, now that time I bought it. Um... You're, you're acting on camera. <laughs> it's now a bad time to do crowd work. That's <laughs> Could I get, where's the boom operator? I just need a little support oh God, from the where, people around me. Where is he? It, it's so true. You you kind of have to self-generate that, um, the validation of like, this is good. Or, or, or you almost have to shut off that part of your brain that is thinking about, is this good or not? Because you can really uh, go down a terrible, terrible spiral. Right. And no one's yes. going to give you that validation either. Like, no. Oh boy, no one's giving it to you. Yeah, no, that's what's hard. The There's no one that stops after each take and says, "Hey, that or laughs." I need to. I'm addicted to hearing laughter. Same. And that's yeah. really the only uh, sign that I know of that things are going okay. <laughs> yes. I t- I just remembered I was in a I was in a TV show and, and it was I felt horrible the whole time. I was in this weird panic where I was like, I just. I won't be able to remember my lines. So then I just did it. Like it was, I was mind fucking myself. Yeah. Um, but then there was one point where I was in this scene with this woman who was playing my sister and they, the director called cut and she goes, well, she's not. And she did this super fucking rude thing. What basically like that didn't work because of what she just did. And then I got so angry and the next 
take. And it was this, it was like a kind of a dramatic scene or whatever. Wow. And the next take, I made all these choices and it was all a completely just, I was filled with rage. And they they were like, cut. Oh my God, perfect. Karen, that was amazing. And the <laughs> DP like leans over and he's like, that was really good. And I was uh-huh. like, I want to fucking kill someone. I, I didn't give a shit about what was happening Keep in the rolling. scene at all. It had wow. nothing to do with anything. And it was like, that was the one of the first realizations of like, oh, I like I get it now and I am not built for this. Right. I'm not. Yeah. Like I get it. There's really good actors are the ones that like show up and they're like, oh yeah, I know how to manipulate myself to get there. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It it also, I mean, that I remember doing a a, a one act in college where you know how when you're in college, oh, I have another funny thing to say. Well, I hope it's funny. <laughs> Oh, it's going to... We'll see. We'll I guess, see. Yeah, yeah, you'll be the judge of that. I'll uh, lean over like a boom <laughs> operator and let you know. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, you know in theater school how you're like, you're 19 or something, and you're being cast to play like 80-year-old, you know, pe- <laughs> or, or like a nine-year-old. Like I, I played a nine-year-old in Grapes of Wrath um, as like yes. a 20-year-old woman. And that's like what, that's theater school because there's a limited pool of people oh, that wow. you're casting from, you know? Um yeah. But I remember we were doing a one act and uh, me and my best friend at, at the theater school were playing um, these two old women. Like, and, and we just like existed on stage during the whole one act. And uh, I was like, really like, try- <laughs> I was like doing like, a, an old woman character like I and I was like this is really good like in my head I was like <laughs> every time this is really good and then I got a note <laughs> from the director that was like he was like you're 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 mugging you're doing all this weird stuff with your face and then I was like oh no and then we did another <laughs> rehearsal of it and my best friend uh I was I was like sewing or something and my best friend said stop doing that it was like a real moment between us <laughs> And it affected, like, I got so, like, what? That the whole rest of the scene, I was, like, only thinking about that. Was that real? Was that? And then afterwards, the director was like, that was amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it sort of got me out of my head. But uh, but on the on the note of um, playing younger or older, when I, also when I first moved to L.A. and I, I had an agent, and they called me, and they said, uh, hey, I, I'm just, you know, we're about to start sending you out what, I just want to know your age range. Like, what do you think you could play? And I was like, oldest 75. And (laughs) (laughs) you just, I need an oil pencil for line work on my face. (laughs) And And an old sweater. (laughs) Oh, that's youngest. I think 11 or 12. Like that's so funny. Yeah, I love it's it. That theater well, wasn't thing. that because uh, I started with a wildly popular troupe out of Montana, and I thought one of the uh, uh, one of our rules was n- no kids, no uh, well, let's mentally deficient characters like you. That was a no no yeah. always. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was like a rule for all of acting, but maybe that's just <laughs> our troop leader. Eva, maybe. I think that was just her. And she was right. Yeah. yeah. And she was right. For improv, it makes sense. Yeah, because you're yeah. if you're gonna stand there and make up a scene, don't don't do a thing that's just gonna make people insanely uncomfortable because yeah, yeah. then you yes. won't get a laugh. If you're if you're trying to play 
uh, cutesy or make fun of this a deficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to bum out. And it's anti-comedy as opposed to Marriott Juilliard, who's like, I can can and (laughs) will play a child of the... Of the Dust Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you know, I upstaged the whole show. (laughs) I was a child of the Dust Bowl who had just a, you know, a real sense of imagination and was like doing all all kinds of stuff upstage that, that, um, Pulled, pulled focus. I love, I love the idea of this happening, but all the other actors were children, except for you. (laughs) Yeah, it was a really avant-garde production and we didn't get great reviews, but you know what? Um, Yeah, I know it was weird, but we had a point of view. Um, yeah. (laughs) That makes me think of the, uh, not to just keep talking about, but I think it was the last thing that I believed I could do. And the reason I think, I think after that, I was like, don't do that stuff anymore. It was because one of the first things that happened, it was the first day of rehearsal and, but it was, it was for a TV show, but you know, whatever. And we were just doing these rehearsals of the scenes and everybody else, my scene was like fourth. So I was just watching all of these amazing British, Scottish actors who all went to the Royal Academy, you know, like yeah. they were legit. And I was just sitting there like, I'm fucked. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got this part because I was like the American sister, right? Yeah. And cool. uh, I was really excited, but I absolutely did not believe I should be there. Yeah. And then the first scene we have in front of everybody and we my, I, literally, it's like two other people are talking and I say my line and the director goes, hold on, what, don't, don't do that. Don't make that noise. Oh, no. And I go, I was like, sorry. And she goes, you're making that American actress noise before no. you speak. And she fucked me. Like, it absolutely was such bad, such bad, uh, such a bad directing move on her part. Yeah. Where, and I, I think it was because she was like an expat. And I think she wanted to show everybody else that oh, she's God. not... But uh, but it's this thing, and it's really true. It's a complete sitcom thing from the '90s, where if you're doing comedy and someone says something to you, you go, <sighs> you make a little oh. exhale before you say your line to kind of show. And that was like my, I'm showing that I don't like what you just said or whatever. But I had no idea I was doing it, yeah. and I didn't know. And also, I wanted to go, yeah, thanks. I have no training. Like, yeah. I, you shouldn't have <laughs> cast me. <laughs> um, I learned this from watching uh, episodes of Becker. Or something. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it was sitcom acting, uh-huh. but it was that thing where it was like, it was almost like she figured out the perfect thing to dismantle me oh, entirely God, for the rest yeah. of the time. It was, cra- it was crazy. But then after a while, it was like, I started to realize, well, you're in this, so you better fucking like, you know, like you're not going to get it from the boom operator. You're not going to get it from her. Everybody in the cast was lovely. So I was just like, well, just do what they're doing. Like, you'll be fine. Oh my I, God. I had to kind of like dig it up myself. That's such an awful experience to have to it like, terrible. oh my God. I, so I can really relate to that. It's like, it, it, and was it in front of everybody too that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God, it's such a, no, please yep. don't. Yep. And I think if, I think if I were a true like actor at heart, I would have been able to kind of like counteract yeah. Ego-wise, yeah. right, counteract that. But it's like, but I think I was, it was just like in that thing where I was just like 
how did I get this part? This is so exciting. And then it was like, it was basically her going like, eh, I'm not sure. And then I'm like, oh, because I'm really <laughs> not sure. So well, now we're all not sure. It was well, like that, you know, watching something kind of unravel. Yeah, totally. Ooh. Luckily, the other people in it were so good and so nice and so cool that it, that helped and elevated. And I just, you know, it was, a, it was a great experience overall. But it was one of those kind of things where it's like, yeah, you can't, essentially that's what I'm saying. You can't have a low, uh, you know, bank of, your confidence bank has to be completely full yes. times 10. Yes. You can't be kind of like middle to low or you're fucked because one thing right. like that happens and you, you, you're fucked. Yes. Or you have to like put all the self, that, because- oh, you know, I'm just filled with self-doubt and loathing, but I'm able to sort of like, you shove it away and you're like, I'll deal with that when I go back to my room and I'll yeah. <laughs> cry. Hate my, yeah. I'll hate myself for the rest of the night. But <laughs> for now, like, yes, it's almost like you have to like, just, I don't know, um, uh, push it to the side. Cause you, it, it's definitely not a thing, at least for me, where I feel like I, I am full of confidence throughout the whole thing. It's like I, I um, deaden a part of myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. that's what Is people that the way get, to put it? <laughs> I think that's what people get good at. When I watch someone that is unshakably confident, I quickly realize a lot of the time that they aren't confident. They, they hate themselves like I do as well, but they, uh, they are able to set it aside, and I've never mm -hmm. been able to set it aside and get into full character. <laughs> it's, um, it's tough to get into character. It is. Oh, it, getting into character is so hard. You have to sit. Yeah. yeah, what are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to find a good chair. That's, oh, that's the that, and that's the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start to get into this standing acting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not on Zoom then. No, no. Full body stand-up acting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mary, what was your first, um, what was the first job you got in Hollywood where it wasn't a USC student film, but it was actually like, you were like, oh, this is a real one where you have to sign a Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. It was a Cascade commercial. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. What was your Tell line? What was the line? About, yeah. I think my line was like... <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> which I, of course, then played way too big. But I was like... <laughs> Uh, you can't put that in there or something like that. It was something about it was something about the dishwasher and that I was like, oh, because my my husband in the commercial, he was going to put a, a, a dish in the dishwasher without having rinsed it. Ah, uh, these dumb commercial yeah. husbands. And I was like, yeah. you cannot what I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I grabbed him by the collar and I spit in his face. And um <laughs> uh, but it, the purpose of the commercial is, oh, you don't have to rinse it, you know, with with the cascade, you just put it right in as it, it, it keep it dirty and all that. And yes, it was so exciting. Yeah, I was just I was over the moon to be um 
to be on a real set and to be, yes. yeah, it was so exciting. Did you have to sign something that said you would not be in any other dish or soap related commercials for a year and a half? <laughs> there is something like that. There that is, I'm, yes. Yeah. It's like an exclusivity thing. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm sure I did. Yes. Any, any sort of um, dish products I, I could, and you know, they were clamoring. Yeah. <laughs> to have me. That's when they all start calling yeah. Dawn. Yeah, Palm Olive. All of them. Palm Olive. Your- <laughs> Palm Olive was really persistent. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I did have to do that. And and it it was also the first time, like, the the acting lifestyle is so crazy because you sort of, you, of course, never know when you're going to work and you, you work and you get like a chunk of income yeah. and then, but it's not consistent. And so you're expected to figure out for yourself how to make that chunk right. last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way, um, but it was my, <laughs> it was my first time like having that experience and like, um, you know, not that it was a, a ton of money or anything, but it was like, you know, it, when I was a hostess scene in a restaurant or like dog walking and stuff, it was like, oh, you get little uh, checks on like a weekly basis. But it was yes. thrilling to see a number How that was you- larger than $100. Yeah. <laughs> did it last a while? Like it wasn't a national commercial that paid. It was a national commercial, but it, it I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it lasted <laughs> as long as I'd hope. Um, just turned to Madeline Kahn. Because <laughs> there's also like the narrative you hear it, uh, uh, and I don't know if, if you both experience this, but the narrative you hear like, oh, commercial acting is yeah. where it's at. You, you know, got to get, on, you get, uh, you get on the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. you're yeah. set for life. Yeah. It's basically the narrative that yeah, I had yeah. internalized. I think was. it used to be that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No yeah. longer. No, no. <laughs> no, it's just So it lasted for, you for, what, two months? Yeah, <laughs> and then they, months. then they take away the insurance and you're left with these car payments from a Honda 08 Honda <sighs> Accord that you bought. I don't know. It's just an example. <laughs> you, Chris, you're crying. It's okay. <laughs> it's my method acting. That's <laughs> the first thing I learned when I got to uh, Los Angeles is how to cry on command. It had nothing to do oh, with man. acting. It's just... Um, it was just... <laughs> That's what the city did to me. Uh, yeah. Did you really was one of your first jobs at Medieval Times for reals? I know you've talked. That about was this my first ever another, job. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was I, a photography wench. Now what? that's Wait. you know that's what? a problem. At, that's a job where a men it's they're playing along like at Dick's yeah. Burgers or whatever or Dick's whatever where last resort. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. place where it's like here's your napkins, asshole. Can I not? I don't want to play the game. Can we be normal? Thank God I'm so tired of this character. Were were men just like, hey, wench? It had to be awful. You know, it really wasn't. uh, And I, because the the whole reason I I love medieval times so much. And I went, (laughs) my my high school marching band went when I was um, 16 or something, to the uh, uh, to the medieval times in Toronto, and I loved it so much that as soon as I I went to college outside Chicago, and there's a medieval times in Schaumburg, Illinois, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta work there. That's I'll so- do whatever, and get, it was it was fifty miles away from the town where I went to college in. So oh, I was like, worth it. I will drive one hundred miles round trip. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday to get paid $6.50 an hour um, mm. just to be in this world. It would be fun to be that character all day. I would like that yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. But I do. I didn't really. I also wasn't interacting with the guests as closely as sure. Like, uh, yeah, the you're servers far away. Were. If yeah. you were interacting with them, that would be too close of a photo mm-hmm. from the wench. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to, from a distance, mm-hmm. take a good photo. Is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> now, my knowledge of photography is that you don't have to be six inches away, <laughs> and that's very true. But what mm. we would do, like the serving, uh, the serving staff would come by and they would like, you, they would get, you know, called on for drinks and stuff like that. So they were like getting, uh, called to more. And I, I do remember going once and our server was like, you can call me my name. You can call me this, but do not call me wench. I right. know what I'm dressed like, but don't you dare call <laughs> yeah. me that. Yeah. That's so, a, um, that yeah. word I think is why I asked that. I'm like, that's not. They probably have changed that, maybe. I'm sure they have, yeah. Were you in a different area? Like, people came to get their picture from you? Yes. Well, uh, oh, so my job was, um, it was a small staff. There was like seven of us, maybe. And what we would do is, have you been to Medieval Times? Uh, Yes, I I have a follow-up story that I'm very excited to tell. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. Karen, have you? I I tried to go one time, (laughs) and we called ahead of time because I have epilepsy. And right. they, I, they were like, do you have strobe lights? And they're like, no, it's fine. And then we get there and there's huge signs going, <sighs> no strobe lights, be warned. So we all like had to get, we all like looked at each other and just got back in the car and oh. I, you know, went somewhere else. Yeah, it was, a, it was really disappointing and I felt so guilty. And then like three people in the group were like, I'm really glad we're leaving. I'm really excited we don't have to do this. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, they do like light, a light show with some of the, yeah, it's, um, but that's so disappointing that they weren't upfront about that to begin with. You know, the strobe lights of medieval times are represented accurately. And they so are. that's <laughs> good. That's fine. And they are. And, you know, so, um, and, and as, you know, as is us taking pictures with cameras yes. and trying to, trying to sell you little keychains yeah. with your pictures yeah. in it. Um, but that's kind of what we would do is people would come in and we would take pictures of groups Together and it varies from like franchise to franchise. Uh, like sometimes <laughs> the king will be out there, or the queen, and you get to take pictures with the queen. But we would just do—I don't know why we didn't uh, have a character out there, but we would just get, take in front of a backdrop, take group pictures of the people, and we'd have them hold up their table number so we see like the color, like they're in the yellow section and they're at table nine or whatever. But it's like a kind of a terrible picture to just have you like just holding up your table. <laughs> but we're like, whatever, it doesn't matter. So we would take the picture. We'd go after like the show had started and the audience was in the arena. <laughs> we would go up to the photo lab and we'd print off these like, you know, souvenir booklets and um, uh, keychains. As I mentioned before, there are keychains. And um you know, uh, this different size copies of the photo, we put them in packets and then we'd each get like a stack of packets and we'd have a flashlight and we'd have to go into the arena and try to sell them to people during oh, the show. Oh, God. Flashlights, <laughs> not a torch? <laughs> yeah. That's oh, what I was... <laughs> amazing. It's something about the photos being flammable as yeah. well as our costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but uh but I was so bad at selling those packets. I was uh, so bad. Cause also there's like 
most of the pictures, it was like a child's head, seven (laughs) feet of like space of the backdrop and then a little table card in the corner. (laughs) These were not good photos, but, um, but, you know, my coworkers did sell a lot of them, but I just couldn't do it. So anyway, that was the job. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They should have a monitor. So you just point at it, you know, like at a roller coaster. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's also so wasteful because we would print them ahead of time. So like people wouldn't even say we want them. Yeah. Like it was like part of the experience, I guess, is is you just get to. Well, I guess I shouldn't have framed it, my Lord. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if any cheap dads go and go through the dumpster at the end of the night and be like, here it is. And I'm not paying seven dollars for it either. Oh my God. It was $20. Oh shit. Those packets were $20. That's Schomburg for you. That Tell you what. It's expensive. Mary, do you know uh, like Jordan Morris and Hal Rudnick? Uh, from yeah. UCB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, so we worked for uh, this thing called Fuel TV. It was like a skateboard, snowboard network, but we had to do these pack, these go to events. And so we went to Vegas. I don't know if it was a medieval times. It may have been like a, a, rip off of it. Maybe it was medieval times, but we just were going to interview some knights and be yeah, in character. Just standard. Yeah. Yeah. Be in character <laughs> and, and do jokes and then put together an interview montage. But they wrote us into the show onto the, the act like we and we they just said, oh, you're going to be a part of the show. You oh. And we had marks that we had. I had to run in the mud in full armor and a horse like got up on its hind legs right above me, and that's where the strobe lights came in. They they shot red lights on him, so he seemed like a red knight, like from well, the yes, Fisher like a, King or something. Yeah, bad and, horse. And yeah. then bad Jordan had to horse. fall, fall, and I had to lift him up. And I realizing now that they were messing with us because I had to run with <laughs> Jordan on my back through the mud. <laughs> And I was sore. I like pulled a muscle in my leg. They were probably <laughs> laughing at us. I had to, a guy fully swung at me with a sword and I had to oh block it with a sword that they left in the mud. It was insane and horrifying. It was stunt work and we were not, we're like, oh, you don't have to put us in the show. And they're like, oh, you're in the show. It was so. <laughs> Did we, you have a rehearsal or were they just like, good luck? Like uh, looking at a piece of paper. Oh, you'll run, oh. see this out there. You'll run out to there. And that's when the first horse comes. There's an argument. That's when you pick up the sword. Then your friend will be on the ground. I can't remember the whole scene or the storyline. <laughs> yes, you can't. <laughs> the fact that I had to run with Jordan in wet horse mud and poop. <laughs> At, uh, wearing yeah, there's armor. poop in there. It, there, oh, yeah. hey, there was Let's poop in there. No one there's warned me about that. <laughs> I can't believe I, uh, you know, rubbed it in my face for good luck. Anyway, it was horrifying. <laughs> oh, it, Chris. I was sore. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. I, um, you know, before a scene, you have to rub the dirt on your face. Um, yeah, it was uh, absolutely <laughs> horrifying. And I couldn't walk the next day like the... The wow. running, yeah, it was so. I it and then was, you sued, and now you own that. I could have, yeah. Now I could have. Now I just got a free Stein <laughs> of mead. It's Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like, so scary. God, what a crazy, that, oh, I, I'm so jealous of that experience. I would have, all I wanted was to get in that arena. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh. If I had Did been, you have to work up to it? Was it like, if you started as a photography wench, someday you might be able to be right, right. queen or No, whatever? there was no ladder. There was no <laughs> ladder from, from photography wench. But I did... There, the the Lord Chancellor, who sort of is the MC of the night, he was also in charge of casting, and so I would I would always like uh, you know whenever he would be, I was like, oh my god, he's so glorious. And <laughs> one time I was standing at the photo, um, the, is, we set up a booth after the show where people can come, and if they didn't buy the packets during the show, they have like another option before they leave. And so I was standing there with my coworker, who is this really lovely woman, and the Lord Chancellor came up to us and I was like, oh, it's the Lord Chancellor. And he, he like, he did the thing where it was like, he was looking at me and he smiled and then he turned his attention to the girl next to me and was like, excuse me, are you an actress? And I was like, I was inside. I was like, oh! and, then, and, um, and she was like, no. And, and he, was like, he was like, well, I'm, you know, we're we're looking for um, actresses to play the part of the princess uh, in the story, and I was like, oh. I was like, "That's all I wanted." But he like gave her. I I, I didn't say anything in the moment, you know, because he wasn't uh, talking to me. But he gave her like information for an audition. So I I think you can like get scouted, I guess, to be a part of the show. I'm sure there are like regular auditions too, but yeah, um, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> You had, you have to catch the Lord Chancellor's eye, essentially. Oh, yes. Did you have to good call luck. him? Do people stay in character when there is the show isn't happening? Like permission to use the bathroom, my vassal, <laughs> stuff like that. Did you? I mean, I imagine people stay in character. <laughs> well, I really wanted to. I was because I I was also like I was really into Lord of the Rings. I was like listening to the soundtrack to him from work. So yeah. I actually didn't have any friends at work. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't talk to people. I I sort of like showed up. I got like my corset and my clothes and I just like yeah, stayed in character I guess the whole time. But my character was it wasn't like a it wasn't like a super strong character or anything. It was just like, you know, I, but I just didn't, I didn't ever drop out of it, I guess. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. plan to go to TGI Fridays with anybody, you know? Right, right. <laughs> well, I guess I do that during Halloween. I've realized it's yeah. not that uh, bad to stay in character with your costume, you know, you'd, or I've done it. They have like a Renaissance festival here. Yes. And I went with a group of people and they all, uh, some of my nerdier friends, and they all stayed in character. And so I'm like, I just got quiet. That's where I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, no, I'm eating another uh, period turkey leg. You know, I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that whole world. I just, um, I just really eat it up. So yeah, that was my, that was my first ever job. That's so That's a great, great first job. That's what great. a, Kind of like, what a standard to set. Oof. Whereas like some people work at Ed DeBevix, but you're just like, no, I've gone back in time to take photos. That's right. No. Um, no. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, that, that was, I would accept no less at that time. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really understand how jobs worked. And I was like, it, no, no, it has to be fulfilling a fantasy. Yeah. Any job I work has to fulfill a fantasy. 
And sorry, you were driving. Did it take you a half an hour? Did it take you? No. It took me an hour down and an hour back. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's hilarious. So I, I paid for- to work there. But it was yes, great. Oh, you did. wow. That's great. <laughs> in many ways. In many ways. Now, you're, Mary, you're the kind of person that I feel like, I feel like I went to college with you. I feel like I've known you for a really long yes, time. Yes, I feel the very, same way. It's you. really weird, but we actually, I'm like, but did we first meet like with me doing ASCAT or yes. there, that UCB show? Yes, that, that was the first time we met. I remember we were backstage and you had written for um, Space. <gasps> yes. Um, uh, inner, outer, I keep to say other space. Other space. Yes, yes, yes. Other space. Um, and That's right. it was right before we were about to go on and, and you, you mentioned that you were writing for that show and uh, I uh, fell head over heels for you. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, not because of that fact, because then I you know, saw you perform and do your thing and was madly in love. And then, um, <laughs> and I think My Favorite Murder was uh, relatively young at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Betsy Sadar was backstage with us and she was like uh, talking to you about your podcast. And I was like, what is this podcast? And then I started listening to it. And Karen, <laughs> you are in my ear for <laughs> hours every week. So I really feel like uh, we have a, a very long, very long history. But that means a lot that that it's a mutual feeling because I, yeah, I just adore you. Sure. That's yeah. so cool. Oh, same, same. Well, and also I, you know, improv is the kind of thing I've talked about this and you, you and I have talked about this before because I um, I feel like improv and stand-up are opposite. Where improv is anything goes, stay in the moment, see what other people are doing. Yeah. Right. And for me, that is it's so scary and so horrifying and I trust no one and I need to get the big laugh myself and I don't give a fuck about anybody. You know, yeah. it's so I have such a competitive kind of controlling thing about performing where stand-up, it suits. But my friend tricked me into taking an improv class one time and I it cracked me open where I was like, oh, all of that is like neuroses. And mm. if you can actually play against that and give into anything could happen and you will be fine if you just trust this moment, whatever. So then I got this appreciation um, for improv and what improv people do. And when you're good at improv, what an amazing thing that is. So yeah, it, it, like... I'm so from the 90s where like coming up, it was like, if you're in stand-up, you think improv is dumb and right. you, know, you have to stand against the other team, yeah. like that weird pre-internet competitive weirdness. So when I when I first started getting asked to do shows like that, I was like, you got to put all that weird shit down that like and just give over. That's like, you have to play their game yeah. Um, yeah. Because, because that's, because it's a good, um, the skills are really important as a performer, like being open and being calm and being confident and all those <laughs> kind of all those things. So doing it with you guys, you know, and the team that you guys had, I mean, every time it was like, I felt like I was telling these stories that were like, oh, I don't know. Here's the yeah. story about my dentist because someone suggested floss. Sure, or right, right. And it's just like this, I'm not giving them anything. Oh. And this is like, in terms of stand-up, this is a failure. And then you guys would do this scene where it would be fucking amazing yeah, and hilarious. And you're just like, holy shit. One of the more, I did not expect it or know how self-indulgent it would feel to be a ASCAT monologist and then yes. watch your story come to life 
It, it's like so self-fulfilling. I didn't, I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever oh. experienced. You sit <laughs> yeah. in a it's chair so nice to hear. and watch your story come to life. I, I did it a couple times and I, I, it was so exciting and I'm like. So excited. Yeah, it's such a fun, I did not see it coming how, how it put me in a good mood for. Yeah, I I love hearing that because (laughs) it it is such a uh, improv is such a collaborative art form. But I I really loved the ASCAP format so much for that reason, where it felt like we were all working together to make the show. Like it it was the um, monologists, and then it was the improvisers, and we all like create it. uh, The show couldn't exist without either component, and and it was so joyful. Called not a herald, but a it. A name. It's a name. An Armando? An Armando. <laughs> Armando. See, I just wanted to put in a plant a seed that I do indeed have a, a training in improv. And I was look at his background. Yeah, well, it's wallpaper. No, I, I and I was bad at it because I like Karen said, I would it, I really noticed the contrast when I w- when I moved to Austin because of an improv festival, and then I immediately started doing stand up. There was nights where I would do improv with, and it was short form games, and then afterwards I'd do stand up, and I would either suck at one or the other because they're two different mindsets. And building a scene with other people and being that open and listening and not trying to get. I would just get a joke in and ro- and yeah. they'd roll their eyes probably. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, or I would suck. And then I'd uh, do well at stand-up, but never in the same night. I realized that it wasn't so much a competitiveness, but that was there, Karen, like you said. Like, improv people don't hang out with stand-up people. I'm like, why? Right. I don't, I like both. Yeah, that's made up. But yeah. it yeah. was really hard to be a part of both. It was two parts of my brain. I uh, Maybe that's just me, but... It makes me think the first time I did that improv class, the first time I... Because I just said, no, I'm auditing. Because I was, it scared me to death. I was like, so sorry, you're saying I don't get to control everything. And like, it, it was like saying, basically saying, put your entire personality down that you have been cultivating for you know, 25 years and then good luck. It right. was like, this is horrifying. So the very first scene I was in, it, you know, I have to pick my action. So of course, start flipping burgers because <laughs> deep down, I'm not a creative <laughs> person at all is how it felt. And I'm sitting there flipping burgers and the guy enters the scene and I just very slowly turn my back. And it was Chris <laughs> Barnes who was the teacher. And he's like, hey, Karen, what are you doing? She, he's like, you... You have to acknowledge a person came into your burger joint or whatever. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to interact with him. You know, but him. Like, you're choosing, yeah, you're choosing to basically ignore someone. And the whole point of you standing there is to say, hey, what's up? Like, hey, why are you in my burger joint? Yeah. And it was the funniest, like, (laughs) it's just like, well, sorry, these are my instincts. My instinct is to turn my back. That's who I am. I guess I have to face this Yeah, but in (laughs) your defense, what burger joint do you walk in and it's the cook's job to say, welcome, you're in a burger joint. And that's exactly it. It's kind of like, yeah, he was snoozing on his part. The, hi, can I get something from you? You know, yeah, no, I'm the line cook. I have plenty yeah, of stuff to worry you, about. And also, get out of the kitchen. What are you doing? Yeah, back here? why did you walk in? <laughs> and that it's so funny because you immediately went to flipping burgers. That 
the clip that they sent here, I just watched it where uh, you all did improv on Meltdown and every suggestion. Oh, yeah. They're like apples and you all just started picking apples. <laughs> and the, what I don't know, it was just everything. You in unison knew that you just had to do all do the same action. <laughs> no one was ever going to be the customer or even holding a basket of apples. Yep. Just no. everyone do the same action. Everyone match. Match. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, This is because I I also like I taught after going through UCP and performing there for a while, I I was teaching classes and would coach and stuff. And and it's so it's it is such a crazy thing because obviously you're working towards being funny. Yeah, right. But you really have to you almost have to be like, I'm not going to even try to be funny. Like we would encourage people to like, don't worry about comedy. Right, right now, it's like just like yeah. be exist in this like space, exist in the burger joint. Don't worry about how it's going to be funny or like try to make something happen. Like you can just like base level just exist and make yeah. it feel real. But um, but that makes no sense to our our bodies that are like, why am I on stage? Right now? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. it felt very dangerous. Yeah to be on stage but not be giving people anything to justify my <laughs> burger flipping existence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I can't just stand here. Yes. I, I can't just stand here and I also can't figure out what you're about to do, so I can't acknowledge you. Like the decision making and I think that was really what what my kind of fear was that all I did was learn you're afraid of it because yeah, it doesn't really work. So like the the whole idea of going to these classes. And I really love Chris Barnes because he was such a good teacher. And he was so just like that exact thing of, you're not writing this scene and you're right. not in control of what the other person does. It's all just about how you react to what ends up happening. And you you do that all day. So you already know how to do this. It's not- From living it's life? Not, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> where to me, it was all like, yeah, if, even if the stage is only half an inch above the floor, you're on stage. So you better be like, hello, my baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Given a thousand percent. Oh, you better hello, my baby, all over <laughs> that stage. Because it's right. a catchy song. Yeah, yeah it's come good. on. <laughs> well, it's so vulnerable. I think that's like what it comes down to is like it really requires uh a, you're just so raw and so exposed. And yes, yeah, so vulnerable. Like people will not laugh is what yeah. I tell myself all the yeah. time. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but that is after I guess like after you do it so much, you just get desensitized to that and you feel okay. Okay, I guess being that kind of well, that's the that's where the power is because right. if you can, if you understand that getting vulnerable is what's going to bring something, and like that, that's people are in the audience watching you do it because even just getting to the vulnerable vulnerable part, like yeah. the first time I did ask at with you guys where I knew I was like, there's going to be some like heavy hitters here, and then are you going to be the wink link? And it was all that shitty, Mm, like, mm. that's the kind of, like, the negative talk that I think is going to get me somewhere where it's like, no, 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 no. And I was just like, 
here's the key. They know that you are having to basically make something up, tell a story based on a suggestion. Yes. So it's not like I had to bring, here's my best stories, because it's not about that. Yeah. And that's what makes it like, yeah, sit there and think about it for a second and then just tell the most interesting story, not the funniest or not the most like punchy, but like all you can do is what they give you, wait, like try to think of something around what they give you and be specific so that the actual improvisers have something to do yeah. as opposed to like get a bunch of laughs and then sit down and cross your yeah. arms. It's like <laughs> you're here in service of that later scene. So just be in service. And thank fucking God, because I was just like, it was that feeling of like, of course I have the compulsion and the like lifelong, you know, mental illness of I have to be funny and I have to make a joke. But then there was this weird like, oh, but yeah, he said, and I'll never forget it because the first suggestion was floss. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to oppress these people and I'm trying to this and I'm trying to that. And it was like, (laughs) nope, you have to now be here and sincerely think of what this makes you think of and talk about it. And you were perfect. Karen, you're perfect. Thank you. It was so fun, though, because it was that thing of a different way of getting to the same results where it's like, I won't be the engine and I won't be the writer. I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, get a bunch of stuff going yes. so they have something to do. Yes. That's yes. all. Can I yes. admit something? Uh, no. There was, there was something. <laughs> good. Let's keep this a not safe space. When I, there was something that was acted out uh, when I did my monologue and I, I added it to a joke because I knew it was never going to happen again. So they actually wrote one of my jokes. <laughs> oh, <Kat>. wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what that's was a the great joke? Idea. Oh, it was about uh, my mom dressing me up as a crossing guard and there being <laughs> an actual crossing guard on duty. That's what oh, the that's real life funny. side of it. But the way they acted it out, it's like, oh, that would be funny if that was one of the things I was concerned about. I think kidnappers or something. I added that. And it was That's an idea so I got. Because I was like, oh, no, I was worried about that. I forgot that until they reminded me. So it wasn't an actual theft. They just reminded me of my own <laughs> no. similar thought. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So fun. Yeah. That is really the fun, fun part, though, is like you're kind of a part of something that it has everything to do with you and nothing to do with you. Yeah. So you can like, you know, I don't know. It's 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 funny. And then there were some parts where like, I remember one scene where it was like, I really was just stretching and I was like trying to think of something. And I told a weird story about the first time I went to an Indian restaurant with my aunt and uncle in San Francisco. And we were all sitting cross-legged on the ground or whatever. And it was the, it turned into... It was almost like we're not sure what to do with this. And that became the joke (laughs) where it was like, it was like, it was almost like I started realizing like, oh, you can't fail in this. Yes, exactly. You can't can't fail. Which is, it's such a beautiful, it's, I love improv so much for that reason where, uh, I think that's such a human thing to think how, how am I going to survive in this situation? Yeah. And and the, in a comedy show, the way to survive is to be funny. And yeah. you can be funny by, like, trying to out-funny the people you're on stage with. Yeah. But um, but the actual, the, the beautiful thing about improv is, as you said, Karen, like, it has everything to do with you and nothing to do with you. And you cannot fail. Like, even when I would get, and I still get nervous before shows and everything, 
Um, but I just sort of, what helps like release that is just being like, I don't have to worry about any of this. Like all these people are on stage with me and we will figure it out. It's like this blanket trust you have that no matter what you do, you will be supported. Um, yes. And it's such a, it's so freaking beautiful. <laughs> She's crying. I knew we'd get her to cry. She's crying. It's so, it's so freaking beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, I yeah, it probably helps that you're you're probably good friends with everyone in Wild Horses, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah we close. are good friends. You all know yeah. each other's brains. We do, we do, and because the first part of our show is uh, we just talk, like just have you know conversation. Karen and Georgia did it at Largo. I remember that was such a yeah, that was great, such a fun show. Um, I have a vague memory of talking about pubic hair. <laughs> vague memory. Anyway, we can go back and listen to it. It's one of the episodes that we, um, that was, uh, on our podcast, but the, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you, you, after you talk so much about yourself and your point of view, yeah, you do, you really do get to know each other so well. Yes. Are you, um, are you back to doing live performing? Yes. Yeah. I'm back. Good. Are we're you? All back. Oh, Are you back? back? We're all She's back. back. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Have you all done a lot of shows? Uh, I just got back from some fun shows, and it is it is audiences are so appreciative and excited. Yeah, and I feel that everywhere, and that I want it to stay that way. Uh, it's a very good time to be doing yeah. live shows. Yeah, I've been loving it. Have you done some, Mary? I have, yeah. I actually just came back from doing some shows in New York, and I, I haven't been to New York in um, in many years, so that was so exciting to be there. But I totally experienced the same thing, where it was like everyone. There's such joy, yeah, to mm-hmm. be gathered again. Yeah, that mm-hmm. um, you feed off each other. The audience is feeding off the performers, and vice versa. And it's just, yeah. it's so positive and happy. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then I just go right into my COVID material. <laughs> remember remember how this was happening? Oh, man, I thought we were going to forget about it. <laughs> I'm here to remind you yeah. about every moment. Remember three you. months ago when these people wanted to hear these jokes? I'm afraid you're going to forget about quarantine and COVID, so I'm going to remind you. Yeah. Um, do you have any plugs, Mary, of like shows oh. you're, because honestly, listeners, if you have the opportunity to see Mary Holland do improv in real life, yeah. you have to do it. It's the funniest, most magical. You yeah. have to, you have to go thank see you, it. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, we, uh, the Wild Horses, we do have a show coming up May 29th at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater in Los Angeles. But it, it's cool. What they're doing is they're doing a hybrid thing where they're live streaming the show and they'll have an audience. Oh, cool. Have, have y'all performed there? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it's so cool. But what it's doing. been a while since, because for a while everything was live streaming. And uh, I mean, I right. was doing shows to a, a silent void with the Zoom participants or audience muted you know, and it, I thought that was actually a good exercise, but I was getting tired of it. But a yeah. lot of people miss being able to watch shows from their yeah. homes, like those streaming. Uh, I forget that maybe the audiences were enjoying those. And so it's yeah. cool that you're providing both now. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, cool. that's, yeah. it's, it's very cool. So we'll, we'll do that on May 29th 
5 p.m. Hey. Hey. Is it a nice Sunday afternoon? It's a nice Sunday afternoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Come st- roll in straight from brunch. We'll uh, treat yeah. you to a show. But um, in New York City, it's like <laughs> two in the morning, so it works out. Yeah, so it yeah. works out. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, and so that's the next live show I have coming up uh, with Wild Horses. And then um, I am in a movie, in a film. <gasps> That is um that will be released on Netflix on May 13th called Senior Year. Is Rebel <laughs> yes. Wilson in it? She is. I read yes. the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be that'll be the, fun. It's what, a wild ride. Yeah, before the, the premise of that is so funny. Could you just it's very yeah. funny. So yeah. Rebel plays um a cheerleader who at 17 had a terrible cheerleading accident and went into a coma. Already she, funny. Uh, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? But they had me at hello, my baby. <laughs> hello, my darling. Um, <laughs> uh, but then she wakes up 20 years later and she wants to finish her senior year of high school. So uh it's uh, uh you know, that is it's so, a real fun. That's awesome. That is yeah. so funny to me. Yeah. Just the premise alone, I will I'm, be watching. It's great. And it's written by Brandon Scott Jones, who's um, a brilliant improviser and writer and uh, an actor. And so it's, and it's got a great group. There's Sam Richardson, there's Zoe Chow, you know, it's, it's a yeah. fun, it's a fun group. So I, awesome. I yeah. can't wait for it to come. That's May 13th. May 13th. Nice. Put it um, in your cows. Yeah, your que, your que, your Q, your. <laughs> put it in your que. Yeah, your quibby Q. Wait, quibby. No, oh no, Netflix. No, don't talk about quibby. No, Please talk don't talk about. about I'm glad you said it because I, I was, I wanted to yell it. Uh, uh, you, you're so great, Mary. Thank you so much for being. Thank on you for having me. Us. Yeah. Yes, oh. this was. Uh, it was great to see you and you see too. your face and talk to you. Yeah. You too. And you too. Everyone- I hear your voice truly every week. <laughs> so, uh, so it's wonderful to get to see your face and Chris. So wonderful meeting you. Yeah, it was a joy. Oh, I love talking so talking with you both. You were terrific, yeah. and everyone watch anything Mary's been in it. She she just steals the show. Except for that You'll fried green it. tomatoes scene. Yeah, please well, don't watch that. Leave that VHS that. tape in the dumpster that you <laughs> found it in. <laughs> what if that boom operator t- then then later became like David Fincher? Some oh like, my you just god! Didn't really realize? Yeah. That's how- he was also getting his start yeah. in show business. Get on exactly. IMDb, see what see what he's doing now. See if see he remembers you. Blah, maybe he, there's a friendship. Maybe I there. should. <laughs> maybe there's a friendship. Um, <laughs> yes, and maybe that was also a formative artistic experience for him, where he was like, "Well, I know the kind of art I don't want to make." Yeah, he quit. <laughs> and it's that the kind day. that she's doing. <laughs> Reenactment. He became a ceramicist <laughs> after that. Yeah, that's right. It's Seth Rogen. <laughs> it's Seth. <laughs> oh boy uh, thanks for being on Mary awesome. you've been listening to Do You Need a Ride D-Y-N A-R this has been an exactly right production produced by Casey O'Brien mixed by John Bradley artwork by Chris Fairbanks theme song by Karen Kilgariff follow the show on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Dynar Podcast that's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome. Honk, honk. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.